Well, World of Warcraft, apparently what they say about this game is it's not just a game you played, it was a world you lived in. That's one of the public comments on the YouTube clip of this soundtrack. Yeah, quite dramatic, isn't it? That's the World of Warcraft theme music, and it sort of is true, isn't it, that these games do, whether it be World of Warcraft or many of the others out there, they really can suck you in. I don't know if it's the music or the wins or the losses, perhaps the collaboration when you're playing online with other people, perhaps it's the lure of the journey. It can be pretty irresistible, particularly for young people. You may have heard some horror stories, uh, children waking in the middle of the night to play or becoming violent when they've been told to stop playing video games. And I don't want to be a wowser here because I've certainly had, uh, you know, many generations really who have uh, learnt uh, their digital skills through playing games, but it seems to be more pervasive now, new research has in fact shown that gaming can change the, uh, the brains of teenagers uh, the good news, though, is it's fortunately uh, not irreparable. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. If you've had some troubles with this in your household, if you're a parent, uh, how much do you police your kids with the gaming console or the computer? Do you have to put it under lock and key when you go to bed? Um, how do you teach your children to have a healthy relationship with these pretty attractive other worlds? Uh, do you, in fact, play online games with your kids yourself, make it more of a social thing? Uh, and do you have any solutions about how to cut down your own game time? The text line's open, 0418 Dr Philip Tam is a child and adolescent psychiatrist who treats young people and their families for internet addiction and video game overuse. Uh, Dr Tam, is there a, what is the clinical diagnosis here? I mean, is it simply an addiction or something else? Yes, well, obviously, the the difficult thing is, do we classify it firstly as an addiction, like uh, another behavioural addiction, like gambling, uh, or obviously substance addictions, alcohol, and so on? Or is it just a problematic behaviour that has, I guess, gone to extremes? You, you illustrated it very well in your introduction, Andy. I mean, I think, I think there's no question that game design is intentionally engineered by some, you know, excellent games designers, even social psychologists into keeping young people embedded in this. I actually personally prefer to use the term pathological internet use or problematic internet use rather than the maybe slightly loaded term of addiction, especially if we're talking about young primary school kids, you know, wow, you know, primary school kids are addicted to, you know, these games. I, I prefer to use the term problematic internet use. And that's really the key criterion are they, yeah, as you in, in suggested, are they sneaking down at night? I've had kids that wait till their parents go to sleep. Uh, this is primary school kids. And then they go down and play and then they put it away and then they go back to bed. So th it's a very complex ecosystem. So, But it's really leading to big problems. Uh, I've seen kids fall asleep in class because they, they've only had like four hours sleep. Uh, kids even dropping out of school completely. So it, it is quite a a complex, almost like a public health phenomenon that we're dealing with here. And it does, as you indicate, seem to be getting worse. What's the data behind the incidences of this problematic internet use, as you call it, or I think Dr. Wayne Warburton at Macquarie University calls it hazardous gaming. How? how what's the numbers here in terms of a yes. clear-cut demographic of people affected by this? Yes, well, great question. And, and the point, the, the, the clue is they are clear cut because obviously you don't 
not have internet addiction or, or suddenly have it. It's a spectrum, you know, from uh, heavy but controlled use through to heavy but uncontrolled use through to what, what Wayne, I think, very powerfully calls hazardous use. So there are no clear definitions. I mean, all mental health illnesses are like, like this to a certain extent. You've got mild to moderate to severe. But the current evidence shows that about 10% of all school kids that use games regularly have some form of problem use and maybe one to two percent have severe problems and by that i mean they're getting aggressive to family they're dropping out of school they're 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 sleeping sometimes all day and being up all night so they can game with overseas um missions and groups so we, we're still looking at big portions of the community as you can guess i mean if we're talking 10 percent of all of the young people that's what probably a hundred or two hundred thousand, you know, children in Australia alone, and millions if you count all of the world. So yes, it's a big problem, uh, but it's hard to know exactly how big a problem is because, of course, a lot of these families who do have problems don't come anywhere near to see someone like me or Professor Warburton because they're they're stuck in maybe rural or isolated communities, and they of course don't want to come and see a counsellor. That's the problem with these. Um, addictions, if you like, they don't see themselves as having a problem because they're really enjoying it. They're they're getting value out of being, you know, having a world ranking on one of those first-person shooter games. It's really exciting for them. The argument during the pandemic was, uh, I've just anecdotally heard it, you know, throughout the media, you know, this is how kids yeah. uh, communicate and socialise these days. At least they're still talking with their friends while they shoot zombies or what have you. Um yeah. Has this this lingered post-pandemic and what do you make of that argument, that sort of rather yes, more moral up. argument about how children and teenagers socialise these days? Yes, it's a, it's a great point. There's so many layers to this, but I, I, I did obviously accept the argument that, you know, it, it, it's better that they're still connecting with people. You know, we, we know that mental wellness, uh, sorry, uh, social connectivity is, is one of the most important things for mental wellness. So, so. The fact that kids were still able to communicate with, with friends, with their social group, and of course with, with family members who might have been interstate or indeed overseas was a very good thing. So I, I absolutely get that. But uh, what I've noticed myself, and this is really interesting and I'm sure it's being researched, a lot of these kids actually preferred being at home online. And when schools stopped the lockdown, if you like, when they went back, they actually found that hard. They were actually happier in their own little bubble. So that that's quite interesting, and I'm not sure if if that's continued. If these kind of kids that that found it hard to go back to school, having lived in a bubble, continued, or whether some of them are actually still quite isolated, we we just don't know. Because as I said, by definition, uh, it's very hard to ke keep accurate uh, stumps on this. But look, at the end of the day, uh, as you indicate, computers have been a, a boon overall for for education, for connectivity, for for empowerment. It's all about having a healthy balance, so making sure these kids do go outside. And that's why it was good that the government messages were still about, you know, get out, do some exercise, socially distance, of course, within your whatever five-kilometre radius, but don't just sit at home, uh, you know, getting no fresh air, no sunlight and stuff. So it's all, all about having a balance with what we might call the real world and the virtual world. Fascinated to learn that uh, gaming, video gaming, can change the brains of teenagers, although it is irreversible. Tell me about this. Oh, reversible. Yes, um, I actually 
uh, heard that that was going to be discussed in the health report, and the health report um, covers a lot of excellent stuff. I haven't heard of that specific research, uh, but I will follow up on that. I think that was a study in Singapore, but I myself have been involved in, in studies and, and research as well here in, in Australian youth and, and kids. And uh, the worry is that a lot of the quick quick fix, dopamine hit, you know, instant satisfaction kind of world that, look, let's face it, the internet, both gaming and, of course, social media is kind of wired to, to get us attracted to, you know, that instant gratification that is actually contributing to people having very short attention spans and potentially even developing ADHD. Now, this is a really big public health issue that I can't overstate. So you've got basically young people now growing up in this instant gratification kind of world, if that makes sense, where you don't need to, if you like in the good old days, go to a library, look through a book, look through resources for journals like at medical school. You can get literally any information at any time, literally at the click of a mouse. And this, I think, does have big implications to the way we learn, the way we think, and potentially even to self-identity. So it's a very big, big issue. I think it's still too early to say whether those changes are permanent or not. But what I am seeing as mainly a clinician and not a researcher is that certainly there are big behavioral problems. Like, as I've said, I've had uh, parents being assaulted, kids uh, even harming themselves, sadly, refusing to go to school, getting really angry if they don't get, if you like, their quick fix of their of their computers, if parents kind of play hardball. So it's a really, really complex kind of ecosystem, Andy, and there aren't really any easy solutions here. It needs what I call a, a whole of society approach. Parents, schools, organizations, discussions like this, programs like, like Wayne Warburton's and my program looking at internet addiction, and I think a lot of government policy. Yeah, it's a fascinating area and certainly one that uh, won't go away. Psychiatrist Dr. Philip Tam, I do appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, if you're interested in this topic, the Australian story tonight will be delving into it uh, at, on ABC TV at 8pm. And if this story has raised any issues for you, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.